Welcome to the Ryan Holt Show. On this show, you can expect the latest, the greatest, and the best curated content on business, marketing, automotive, and lifestyle. Sit back, put in your earplugs, and let's enjoy the ride. Now, as always, I want to make sure you get the best in content that will help you monster your goals, both personally and professionally. I want to keep this conversation going, so please check me out on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope at RyanHoltz1. And then go over to Facebook.com forward slash RyanHoltz Marketing, and we can chat there too. I also want you to visit www.ryanholtz.ca, as this will be where I put my almighty beloved show notes. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I am proud to bring you the Ryan Holtz Show. Let the beat drop and enjoy. Okay. Uh, hey, everyone. Welcome to a special edition of the Ryan Holtz Show podcast. Um, just want to kind of give a backstory as to why I wanted to do uh, interviews with City of Edmonton candidates. Um, we did do uh, the election campaign, marketing in the Mobanga by-election. It kind of kind of got me interested in politics a little bit. By no means am I a political junkie at all. Um, but I just kind of thought I would do this and use my audience to really have fun with people and, and really showcase some of our candidates. And I'm very passionate about Edmonton, and I'd like to see how, you know, kind of what some of these candidates are up to, I guess. So uh, on the show, I have the extraordinary Persian, Payman Parzian, uh, Payman is a very, very unique individual. He worked in law enforcement um, and then kind of ventured out into entrepreneurship, owns a restaurant or two, um, and has a really cool message. So I'm not going to go crazy on his bio because I'd like him to tell you a little bit about why he's running uh, for Ward 9 it is. Um, Payman, welcome to the Reinholds Show. And I want to make it clear, if you try to give me some media-trained answers... I will drill into you, brother. So just keep it real, okay? Welcome Thanks. to the show, brother. brother. Thank you very much. Cool. I'm not me to train, just, so, <laughs> just to make that clear right away. Okay. So uh, why, are you run- why are you crazy enough to run in an election and put that kind of stress on yourself? You know, I answer that question most of the time saying uh, it was a post-concussion decision. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, I was, I was uh, very interested in politics at a young age. I was about 12 years old when I uh, established the school's chess club in grade six. Okay, okay. Uh, I got uh, more involved and interested more and more until 15 years old, I decided uh, where I want my career to uh, end up, okay. and where my long-term goals are. Okay. Uh, that was actually the Minister of Foreign Affairs for, for Canada. So okay. from there, I sat with one of my teachers and school counselor and, and kind of mapped out my life. And I came to the conclusion that being a city counselor would would humanize you. And what I mean by that is you deal with people on a day-to-day basis on what would seem to be perhaps a big issue to, to a person, and, and it is, and they deal with it on a day-to-day basis, but on a political spectrum, a cracked sidewalk isn't exactly the, uh, the highest priority item. Well, it might be for a resident. And being a city councillor would humanize you, would, would make you cognizant that everything you do, the votes that you, uh, you know, uh, things that you vote for, the motions that you make, they affect people's lives. And Absolutely. I think moving forward in, in a yeah. political career, that would keep me human, uh, you know, to, to have experienced being a city councillor for minimum one or two terms. I have a great deal of passion for uh, specifically infrastructure and yeah. interrelations. So yeah. that, uh, that all tied in. I, I prepared myself for this by making sure I was uh, extremely diverse before I stepped my foot into the ring. So. And how did you, you want to, why did you want to go into law enforcement? You know, law enforcement is one of the only professions that gives you a, a unique perspective uh, 
where legislation meets society, short of uh, getting a law degree. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, later yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, it gives you a very unique perspective. Uh, you're a uniform member of society where you're, you're also at risk and vulnerable. Um, and, and most people don't realize the public safety officers are, are also at a safety risk and, and putting themselves at risk by being in uniform in public. Um, Okay. It's a very unique perspective. Absolutely. Now, here's my beef. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a business owner in Edmonton, okay. um, and I've managed to kind of branch out into other cities, and whether it's speaking or clients or things like that. And every time people, you know, a natural question when you're at a different city is, where are you from? And, you know, especially when I go overseas, it really bothers me that the moment I say I'm from Canada, the question is, are you from Toronto? I'm like, no, I'm not from Toronto. Are you from Vancouver? No, I'm not from Vancouver. Uh, are you from Montreal? No, I'm not from Montreal. And this is what really upsets me now. Are you from Calgary? I'm like, no, I'm not from Calgary. They're like, where are you from then, man? I'm like, I'm from Edmonton. They're like, uh, where is that? So do you think the city of Edmonton is really doing a good job of marketing our city? We hadn't been, but I think we've begun to realize that we want to put Edmonton on the map. Um, there may be a lot of things that I, I don't agree with, with the direction that we're taking, but one of them is uh, the branding of the city. I think it has been important, and we do need to be put on the now, map. Now, just to kind of cut you on the branding of the city, they came out with that new logo, and a lot of people, it was a huge stir on social media where they basically said the new Edmonton logo basically looked like the McLean's Magazine logo. It was almost like a rip-off, knock-off of it. So uh, I think there was something like $2 million spent on this branding logo for Edmonton. So a lot of people said, for $2 million, isn't there something a little bit better you could come up with? So you being in Ward 9, it means you get a seat at the table to spend taxpayers' money, to spend my money, to spend your money, to spend everybody you know's money. So have you thought about where would I take the budget and how, like, what would be what would be, be the payment experience? And let it be known, I do not think in an election that people actually uh, put politicians uh, in the seat and elect politicians. They elect human beings. So nobody cares about payment the politician. We care about payment the person. So shed some light on that. Okay, so <laughs> if all of the city councillors and the mayor were me and like me, yeah. this would be a big red flag for the city because we'd have only needs and, and no wants because I'm very uh, very careful how I spend money. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually not seeking donations for this campaign at all. Okay. I want to pro prove to people I know how to spend my own money and I'm more of a what we need kind of guy instead yeah. of a what we want. I wouldn't be putting artwork in a dog park when we need <laughs> roadways built. Yeah. That's... That's yeah. just my mentality. What about picnic tables on Jasper Ave? You know <laughs> that was all over. Yeah, People I got really upset. I mean, I even have like friends that work in emergency services, and it's like there's a car accident, or you're trying to get to a call. You got poles and picnic tables that you're trying to get around. Borderline, if you actually look at it, it was almost like a hazard on the street. We already, in my opinion, don't have enough roadway for the traffic, let alone let's have ice cream at a picnic table. So, so we do need to make uh, sustainable approaches when we move forward with the city, but. That doesn't mean uh, taking away a lane of traffic, especially a lane that a bus was using. And now the bus is stuck, not unable to turn to actually get to the stop. So it stops the flow of traffic in lane number one. So you've essentially, you've gone from three lanes, which one of them would have been used by a bus, now down to one lane of, of actually free flow traveling in a downtown core of the city of Edmonton. It just doesn't seem uh, appropriate this time. Maybe later down the road, it could be something that we could look at. Absolutely. A lot of people, and I kind of weighed out a little thing on social media and said, what kind of questions should I be asking uh, some of these candidates? And Mo Benga is going to be coming on later, and he's a sitting city councillor. But uh, one of the ones was people really feel that when you're saying your mandate and you're going out there and you're marketing and door knocking and pushing yourself out there and saying, you know, this is why you need to elect me, um, all those fundamentals sound really great prior to getting elected 
once you get elected, there's a ton of red tape and bureaucracy that happens with getting a seat at the table. What things do you personally have in place to make sure that you're actually going to stay true and real with your actual original mandate, morals, and, and beliefs? Well, I've made one promise in my entire campaign. Uh, I've promised to be genuine. Other than that, there are 13 people at this table. I would be one vote. And for me to promise that I'm going to get anything done would be uh, misleading. Um, I, of course, with proper information, with proper research, and coming forward and having the right attitude and relationship with the other councillors, things are going to move forward. But for me to blatantly come out and say, from Ward 9, I'm going to get Terwilliger Drive built, th that would be very misleading because you know that's a, that's a billion-dollar project. And to get all of the other councillors on board to pave one roadway within Ward 9, it's not going to be easy. It'll be a challenge. And, and you make a great point. I mean, anything that comes to the city of Edmonton, you literally count as one vote, which means you got 12 other votes there in order for that thing to actually get pushed through. That being said, how are you going to deal with frustrations when you might want to go completely left and then your fellow councillors, should you be elected, uh, want to go right? How are you going to kind of shake that off and, you know, leave, leave, leave City Hall and be like, OK, babe, I mean, you really you really want to go left, but it's just not happening. Like, how are you going to deal with that frustration? OK, so. This is the most important part of my campaign. 100%. And this is why I became such a diverse candidate, is so I can talk to everybody. That doesn't mean just the constituents and voters. It means everybody. Everybody at the table, including the other councillors. Me being a former law enforcement, I was a former mm. peace officer, I can talk to Mobanga. Yeah. We can relate to yeah. each other, and yeah. it's yeah. great. Yeah. Mike Nickel, business owner, yeah. I can relate with him. I've got three businesses. We can yeah. talk. Yeah. You know, being a, I'm, I have my own real estate team now. I've got a restaurant on White Ave, yeah, yeah. and I have a small consulting company. We used to do engineering. So now there's an engineer on the table I can talk to them. If there's a person that works in oil and gas or industry, I can work with them. Okay. I, and it's not just can work with them. I'm willing to. I've got a decent attitude, pretty approachable. But besides this, here's an example. In this campaign, I hosted a barbecue. Yeah. I got the permit from the city. I got the permit from AHS. I bought all the food, all the equipment I brought over. But instead of just hosting it, I contacted all the other candidates running in Ward 9, and I invited them. I said, you're free to come, and you don't have to say I'm hosting it, and it could be a meet and greet that you could invite people to if you'd like. Feel free. It's outside of a spray park. It's going to be busy. Yeah. It's a nice sunny day. And that was my attitude with people that are against me. Okay. Now, imagine my attitude with people who are on my team. Okay. And that's why I have a partner in a restaurant willing to work with me, and we work great together. I've got a team, real estate team. We work together. It's great. You know, working in oil and gas, if you're a Lone wolf, you're not going anywhere. You're not going to get any more contracts. That leads me into my next question. Politics is really interesting for me because, you know, I always listen to our current mayor talk about small business, talk about, you know, we want to bring more business to Edmonton. Um, how come when a business owner goes and incorporates, how come the city of Edmonton doesn't say, send a little welcome package or a phone call saying, hey, you know what, Ryan, congratulations, you opened up your business. We really want to help and inspire you. Instead, they give these politically crappy little like you know go call up business link and things like that but how come nobody's actually reaching out to business owners in edmonton saying thank you so much for actually incorporating and contributing to our city even though it sounds pretty i just feel the city of edmonton doesn't really do enough to actually extend themselves in that that way and the second question kind of layered up on that is how the heck can a candidate run all like be economical with all our money as taxpayers and literally treat our city as a business when they've never actually ran a business. Now, I know you've ran businesses, but we got candidates and we also got sitting councillors, maybe a mayor, never ever ran a business prior to getting elected. That scares the heck out of me. Okay, so 
when you incorporate, incorporate a business in Edmonton, you're incorporating with the province. So it, the, the city would only find out once you've actually yeah. uh, filed for a business license and, and purchased that. So there's tools that the city does use right now. But of course, we could have a, a, a much further, much more personable uh, economic development uh, department where we actually attract more investment into the city with small business owners. Uh, I think we have a model that we uh, are aiming for, which is 80-20 model, being 80% of our, our, for example, groceries local, 20% mm-hmm. imported in. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not going to be feasible to, to grow limes in Edmonton. You're, you're a restaurateur, so you know that when somebody comes in, eats a meal at your restaurant, I'm, I'm assuming you want to give them amazing service and thank them for their business. Here's what we do where we go over and above. Okay. We try to be as sustainable as possible. I know I work in oil and gas and, and it comes with some stigma. People say, oh, sure. he's very, you know, yeah. anti-environment. Yeah. We take, we use a real charcoal grill, grill and we take all the ashes and we donate it to local gardens and farms so that they can use it, you know, uh, for their growth. Um, we try to be as sustainable as economically feasible okay. um, for us. I mean, we're not going to run the business into the ground to ensure that, you know, there's solar panels okay. on top of the business until it's feasible for us to do so. Um, city government or any kind of government, it is always, always a good idea to have people that understand how to read a financial statement and, uh, you know, balance out the, 100%. Some, some, some uh, financial statements. But... I'd like to remind everybody that government is not a business. Government is a social service provided to the mm. people. And, and it's, if it was like a business, it would be run dictatorially and mm-hmm. it would be run for profit. Cities are the opposite. And I'm not saying that we're not trying to ensure that our, our budgets balance at the end of the year, but we do need to be cognizant that government was made to look after um, even those that could perhaps not look after themselves. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, th- I think that's a great answer. I think people would definitely differ with you that a city is not round like a business. And you're right. You, you gave me the kind of Webster definition of what it's a social service. But I think a lot of Edmontonians feel it is a business in the sense that we have money going in, we have money going out. You mentioned a good point earlier where you said, you know what, why are you putting, well, you didn't say picnic tables, but I did. But you said, hey, why are we putting picnic tables up when like clearly we need roads? I mean, we yeah. still, I, I, I drive and, you know, it's funny. Somebody said to me, I'm like, why, why do I feel like Calgary has much better roads when they're exposed to like a really crazy climate as well? I mean, they got Chinooks rolling in and somebody said, oh, I think the soil's different in Edmonton. I'm like, what? <laughs> no, no. So it, this road thing is something I feel like we've never got on top of. And, you know, you just, you know, you're driving your vehicle and you're coming into Edmonton. I want people to, to feel excited when they come into our city. And I think that's, you know, if they got to swerve around potholes and things like that, this should... You know, it's just a minor thing, but I think we can do better. What do you think of that? Uh, of course. So, so don't get me wrong. It's, it is a good idea to understand business spending habits yeah. and understand how business works and, and you know, uh, use some of those cost-effective measures and methods to ensure that the dollars are spent efficiently at the city. And by all means, like I said in the beginning, yeah. <laughs> if it was all me on council, yeah. it would be a red flag because yeah, yeah. the city yeah, would yeah, yeah. suddenly have a surplus. Yeah, I'll yeah. give you an example. I'm the vice president of the Iranian Heritage Society of Edmonton. Okay. In one year, this year, in one year, I doubled the amount of money they have saved in their bank account over the last 29 years. Okay. So they have saved money year over year for 29 years, and I doubled that total amount in one year by myself. Okay. So, so just to give people an idea, that's, that's me using business you know, uh, spending and financial habits yeah. on a, with a nonprofit 
organization. Now, if we continue to do that, it's a bit of a red flag. Nonprofits shouldn't be making money like this uh, all the time. But I just wanted to show people that, hey, I know how to fundraise. I know how to, how to get money uh, for, for these businesses or for these nonprofit organizations. And I could use the same mentality for the city to say, hey, we could save money by using, for example, QBS projects instead of the current mm -hmm. tender package that we do, mm -hmm. where we do the bidding process. Mm -hmm. Instead of, you know, handing the work to a, uh, th the lowest bidder all the time, that's, that's not also the most cost-effective method because you see an example of Walter Dale Bridge mm. to the Spanish oh. company that used Korean metal. Mm. We have metal manufacturers right mm. here in, in Edmonton. Mm. We have companies that can handle this. And yes, they would have charged slightly more, but we would have put Edmontonians to work. This would turn our local economy, and it's not just Edmontonians, but I mean, even an Edmonton company that makes the money, great, but he's going to buy the home here. He's paying the taxes mm. here, and it stays within our, our, our area. And one, one idea I have, and I don't know how, how far this could go for, for these projects, but um, I'd be curious if, if any company, for example, outside of a, a given border, whether it's outside of Canadian borders, bids on our projects, there should be a second bid to allow local companies in a, ha have an attempt to beat that, that uh, quote. Mm. I mean, th this would be an interesting process where, mm. you know, all outside of a certain jurisdiction, whether it's Alberta or outside of Edmonton or Canada, any company that bids on these projects, Absolutely. You know, whatever number that comes back at, you give the local companies, you release that information openly and, and allow them to... to uh, compete Abs with that absolutely so the walterdale bridge is a really unique topic <laughs> I'm, happy, I'm happy you brought that one up because yeah. i was going there anyway um we talk about business you say hey the city's ran as a social service to its citizens which it is um and then they basically contract out to a completely different set of jurisdiction to actually create the bridge um and I, yeah i mean we can always say like yeah you know if you offshore you might save a couple dollars but at the end of the day you know any good family out there knows keep your money in the family that's just fact. I mean, rule number right. one. Yeah. So for the city of Edmonton, we definitely want to keep our money in the family. I mean, if I come to your restaurant and then you make a couple dollars off me, then you come and take out one of my services, I make a couple dollars off you. Then we go to Remedy Cafe. Holy, they must be a sponsor. We see the Remedy <laughs> Cafe cup. I like it. They got He's got the stickers. Shout out to Remedy Cafe. <laughs> um, but... You know, again, it, it money, you know, it comes and goes. And any, I think any good economist will always say to have a strong economy or a good GDP, you need to spend. It's very important to spend money because, you know, come to you, come to me, come to me, come to my wife, go over there. Spend locally. That's absolutely. The absolutely. Locally. And everybody says this whole support local thing until they have to pay taxes every year. And then they see, holy crap, how can I save more money so I can pocket more money? So again, for you being a business person, how would have you done, how would have you did the Walter Dale Bridge? What would have you been your opinion? You're that, that one seat at the table. What would have you been saying? I would have backtracked even further than that. I would have said, why, why specifically a bridge? Why not allow these companies to, you, you go to these companies, you approach them and say, we want to get from this side of the river to that side of the river and go. Mm. And allow them. And what if, and I, I'm not saying this is what would have happened, but what if one company came and said, you know, in Vancouver, we, we tunneled under the Fraser River. Mm -hmm. Can we try that here? And, and for example, if they come, come in and they can do it safely and they can do it mm -hmm. for less money and it's more effective where it's not subject to weathering, doesn't obstruct the waterway, uh, <laughs> you know, and mm -hmm. it can be mm -hmm. done cheaper and mm -hmm. you go under mm -hmm. the river. Yep. The, this is a, something that we could have looked at. The current process that we have wouldn't have allowed for that. Okay. 
Okay, so uh, next question. Uh, Amazon, I don't, I'm, I'm sure. And here's my <laughs> expectation of anybody I'm going to vote for and elect. I expect them to be on top of current events. I think that yes. it's really, really important. And Amazon has recently said, hey, we want to build a second head office yes. in, in Western uh, North America somewhere. Um, and I know that our current mayor said, hey, we're going to put in a bid. I know Calgary's putting in a bid. Um, you know, I, I think about things like, um, you know, there was a department store that came into Calgary that I think we should have been on anyways. But for Amazon, I'm a digital guy. I think this would be something that's massive for our city to even be associated with that kind of brand and that kind of innovation, I think would do wonders on our city. Now, I don't know what our current uh, city councillors or, or mayors planning to do in terms of putting a bid in for that. But if I'm in business, I'm actually going to take my butt and I'm going to create an amazing proposal. I'm going to hop on an airplane and I'm going to go see who I need to see. And I'm going to wait there for like as long as I need to, to see who I need to see to put in that bid. Because we know that in politics and business, it's the person that actually comes to you and says, I really, really want this. So it's one thing to, you know, electronically put in a bid and send it over. It's another to like show up at somebody's door and say, I'd like to propose this to you. Always. Absolutely. So how does the city of Edmonton get Amazon? And if we were if we were a council right now and we were brainstorming on how we're going to get this to come to our city, what would be some of the ideas or suggestions that you would have? So I, I thought about this actually two days ago. And uh, happy you did. As, as, <laughs> as a business owner with, yeah. with experience in, in many different areas, I thought about what would incentivize Amazon and where do we have room for growth in Edmonton? Now, here's an interesting idea. Um, the, uh, so take a look at Rexall Place. Council just voted to keep it closed. Yeah. yeah. What if, just what if we offered Rexall Place Ooh. free of charge for a fixed term lease on the condition that Amazon renovates the entire inside. Ooh. You've got a parking lot, you've got transit, and you've got Jeff an Bezos, area... Bezos, listen to this, brother. <clears throat> and, and you've got an area of the city of Edmonton that could use some economic growth. Absolutely. So... Uh, this wouldn't only provide jobs to local Edmontonians. We'd have Amazon would have a pretty freaking cool office as a, as a stadium or yeah. a former stadium of ours. And yeah. uh, not only is it a prime location, this is uh, this is what new tech companies are looking at is is unique offices and, 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 and something outside the yeah. box. Yeah. Here's an outside box idea, and I just mean a fixed term lease for free of charge for Amazon just as an incentive. I mean, it could be for one year, it could be for five years, it could be for 10 years. I mean, that's that's up to council to, to negotiate and determine what, what is appropriate. But well, what you just described is why, I, I, how long have you lived in Edmonton for? I've been here since 98. Beautiful. So I, back in the day, I don't know if you remember, there was a mall called Heritage Mall. Oh, I remember Heritage right? Mall. Heritage Mall, yeah, Heritage yeah. mall was the spot, right? Which yeah, is now yeah. Century Park. Well, there, yeah. yeah. So that land where South Common is sitting was owned, I think, by one person or a group or something, and it sat there in the rail, you know, there's a train that came through and it sat empty forever. Walmart was in Heritage Mall, and the guy that started the whole South Common, you know, the land thing basically went to Walmart and said, I'll give you free lease if you guys come and build over there. It's a brilliant idea because if you get Walmart, you're going to get everybody else coming. You know, this is what I've been pushing for north of the airport. We, we just, we're about to take over a lot of land from Ladue County. Um, just north of the airport, there's 240 acres that's uh, owned by CN. If everyone recalls, Asian markets in Canada are mm. looking to trade a lot more, especially yeah. with the U.S. Uh, yeah. showing instability with, with yeah. regards to economic trade. Um, <laughs> yeah. th- and it's good. We, we definitely need to look at new partners for yeah. all of our resources. And uh, Port of Prince Rupert was recently updated about three years ago. They can handle a high traffic flow there. 
uh, they're going to need to get their goods from that port yeah. somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Vancouver is geographically closer, but there are the Rockies in the way. <laughs> so you're going to need a close port for rail. Edmonton's actually the closest port. Mm-hmm. If anyone goes back far enough, in the, in the 30s, Winnipeg boomed. And they boomed. And the only reason the city boomed Winnipeg. big time is because of the railway system and, and their ability to get products from the eastern coast out into the you know the uh, northern u.s northern mid-u.s or western canada so edmonton does have this opportunity just north of the airport we have a fantastic area for for railway ports uh cold storage warehousing logistics mm. and if we were to just contact a few of these big companies if we contacted 40 big companies and incentivized for one of them to show up could you imagine the news Suncor announces moving headquarters to Edmonton. What that would do to our local economy. People would just... Well, here's my question. We have uh, Edmonton Economical Development Group, yes. which to me, I call them BizDev, Business Development. Yep. That's what I call that yep. group. Um, how come they're not doing things like this? I, I don't sit in their office, so I, I don't know. Well, let, me it, ask it, you, let me ask you in this way. Assuming that they are doing this, how come they're not executing? You need an energetic guy. You need someone who's a salesman. You don't need someone who's got a, a PhD in... Uh, uh, you know, oil field reservoir engineering to, to talk to the oil and gas companies. You need a guy who can pick up the phone and, and, and be convincing and, and, and sell Edmonton. Hustle. Hustle. That's, hustle. that's the way to do it. Hustle. 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 <laughs> and that, this, is the, this is the thing, right, is that I feel like Edmonton, you know, we don't have anybody who's hustling hard. I mean, people talk about Nenshi all the time in Calgary, and he did some really cool things when he got elected. Obviously, he's having some issues with them, some certain things in the Calgary arena and all that stuff, but... I feel like we don't have, we need, we need that one person. And I don't personally feel like we have it in Edmonton in terms of who's actually elected right now. And I, I want that one person to come and I want them to boom out and uh, I want them to think differently. I think it, we're talking about uh, Rexall Place, you know, being closed. Amazon is, and, and Facebook and all these digital companies, you know, I personally went, in, went to Facebook. And when you go to Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg sits right with like everyone else. Like you wouldn't even yeah. know his desk. There's, there's no like, you're the boss and I'm like, you know, this it's, it's a collective, it's inclusive. It's uh it's a place where, you know, ideas flourish. It's not a place where there's, um, you know, you know, I want to take the credit or you want to take the credit. It's, you know, we just want to do, you know, good for the great of the city, so to speak. So for you, I mean, again, you're only one person, but man, that's all it takes. So yeah. do you have what it takes? Well, let me tell you, I'm one guy, but I've door knocked and it's just me. 14,240 doors by myself. My volunteers Damn. have gotten further. In, in those shoes? Not in these <laughs> shoes. No, no, I wear runners. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. actually ripped a pair. Oh, did you? Yeah, it, yeah. Looks, it looked kind of awkward. Yeah. I was finishing off the homes and I got a ripped shoe and people were kind of laughing. But um, no, that's, that's my energy just to get to the door. If I'm able to run three businesses, okay. get to these number of doors and still have enough energy to, I answer all my own emails. I handle my own social media. Yeah. You know, to have the energy for this campaign, I'm trying to show people I'm energetic. I'll yeah. think outside the box. I'll think outside the arena and try and get Amazon into that arena. I'll think uh, different different ways and, and, and show people the energy that I have. And it's not up to me to say who to vote for, but it's up to me to show the energy that I have. 100%. To show those people, if you want someone like this, you can elect them. 100%. They're there. They put their name forward. They want to be your counselor. They'll work hard for you. I'm not paid to do what I'm doing right now. Absolutely. Imagine paying me to do this, yeah, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a little... Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. I, and I, I, agree, I agree with that. Um, going through this whole process of, you know, you know putting your name into the bid, um, going through the campaigning, kind of going through all this, doing a podcast. I'm sure you've done some media stuff. 
what have you learned most about yourself? Is there anything that just uh, really stands out where you're like, geez, I just, whoa, you know, I, maybe I didn't think of that or God, I just really got impacted by that or holy smokes, just a holy smokes moment. I realized that uh, negative opinions don't affect me as much as I thought they would. Yes. Um, you know, being... And how do you deal with that? How do you deal with negative opinions? I just think, you know, uh, if I have a negative opinion about something, it's, it's likely because I have a lack of understanding or, or mm. uh, information regarding mm. that. So if somebody's making a, a negative comment or has a negative opinion, mm. I just think perhaps they, they could research a little more or use some more information to, to, to make a better judgment. There's always a, a positive comment to make uh, rather than a negative. And, you know, there's, if you ever reach a dead end, you just, you don't say. Here's right? what's crazy about the world. You have, before information was, was I call it very, very uh, skinny and thin, the way information was processed prior. You literally had to go to a radio station, a TV, or a paper, and that's how we took in all of our information, all of our advertising. I'm in the digital business, and traditional's sucking. It's dying. It was dying a long time ago. Um, if you, like, for instance, if I listen to a radio show right now, and they don't ask you the questions I want them to ask, I'm just going to go spend $1,000 on podcast equipment, and I'm going to send you an invite, and then I'm going to ask myself. I guess my point is, it's never been more, uh, you know, it's never been such an exciting time in the world where you have instant access to people. And I think that with politicians now, you know, social media and Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, it, you, you don't just sit behind a chair anymore. Like, you, you know, if I want to talk to you, and I know I could, you know, go into the office and be like, I have a complaint or send you a letter. But it's like, man, I can like know everything about you. So when you talk about negative negativity, that's a big thing. And I, I think that all candidates have to consider that is how are you going to deal with like constant negativity? And by negativity, like we're going to be like, I mean, there's people that are going to be straight up harsh, you know, uh, maybe, you know, offending your family, maybe just because, you know, and I'm sure you talk to your family and I know you're not married, but, you know, when you go into this position, you're exposing your family as well. And that's not, a, so it's not just Payman becoming a city of Edmonton counselor. It's also Payman and his closest loved ones uh, going through that journey with them too. So, um, you know, how do you, how do you kind of like be at peace with that? So they expected that. My family knew that I was going to uh, go into politics later down the road. And they they yep. were aware of that. So, so this wasn't a, a surprise to them. I think, uh, one thing that that made me feel really proud was uh, how, how supportive my my parents and my family are. Um, I was at a forum two nights ago and mm. we were speaking and and I remember looking to the audience and I'd never seen this look before in my father's eyes. It was a uh, it was a uh, like that's my son kind of look and mm. it was nice. I mean, it's mm. good. They've always absolutely. been proud, right? But uh, yeah, absolutely. But that's, uh, that that was a look I'd never seen, and and mm. at 28 it was uh, it's a good feeling for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely, and you're 28 years old, to, right? I am 28. Wow, years old. you're 20 years old. Wow, man, yeah. you're you're like you're like still like a hardcore millennial. I'm 33, <laughs> so I'm an older I'm an older millennial now. Oh, you're so uh, old. I'm, 30, I'm, 30, an, I'm, an, I'm an older millennial now. But uh, um, payment is there. We're gonna do a fire round, so I'm just gonna fire 10 fast questions at you. Sure. Um, and then we're gonna end off, and anything you want to kind of say and. Uh, this will kind of Facebook Live is great because you'll be seeing kind of little comments going in all night long. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but fire round. So I don't want you to think about it. Just answer really quick. Sure. Number one, besides winning election, what is your number one goal? Besides winning the election, what is your number one goal? Besides winning the election, my number one goal in my life. Just what's your number one goal? To be a decent human being. 
Okay. Contribute positively around me. What is the number one thing that drives you? The end game in sight. Okay. Proudest moment personally. Proudest moment was uh, when I stood up and I became a uh, became a peace officer. Something that I I, mm. I didn't expect to. Uh, it, it was a very very hard training course. People don't realize what mm. these people go through. So I, I stood up. I was very very proud. Okay. Uh, be- biggest professional accomplishment. My biggest professional accomplishment is to at 27 years old own my own real estate team have a restaurant mm. and, a, and a consulting company that uh, had a permit to practice from a peg to, to actually do engineering as well. So that's, I, I'd like to think that's quite an accomplishment at 27 years old. Who's stronger in the room, the loudest or the quietest person? Always, the, always the quietest. Okay. How do you define success? Success is being content. Okay. What are you scared of? I'm afraid of society polarizing mm. do you have a role model always arnold schwarzenegger really interesting from from, from when i was <laughs> four years old and i watched okay. terminator 2 okay i was like wow this guy's huge and i started following what he did and that's been my role model since wow okay what is your least favorite thing to do that is like a part of your yeah i'll elaborate that is actually like a part of like your everyday life and you're just like it's like one of the things that just comes with the territory the uh, the times where you have to sit and do nothing. I, I don't like that. I, I always want to be busy doing something. Stay, stay obviously, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't have any other habits. Like I, I really want to uh, reiterate, I can't s- just sit and be useless. I, I feel useless, and that's, that's not a good feeling. People would argue that and say strength comes in the most amount of solace. Well, patience is different 100 being patient is different than feeling useless mm-hmm. you know okay um uh what is your uh when you think of edmonton what is the first thing that comes to mind city hall and the uh churchill square uh, if, you know if i'm firing off the okay. question as it came yeah. to my head okay okay one piece of advice you'd give someone who's scared shitless in life fear is a choice mm, okay Payman, I know we had some questions. I'm sorry. Uh, what was the... Do you want to you you hop up? Can you read that for a sec, Payman? The Payman family is fully... Parsian family is fully behind Payman. Oh. Ah, there you go. I like it. That's my brother. Yay! There we go. Um, but Payman, thank you so much for coming on the show. But before we end off here, I want to just give you a chance just again, maybe kind of go through, you know, your, just give your mandate again, just simplified so that uh, the listeners can basically say, hey, you know, um, I want to either vote or not vote for you. But uh, at the end of the day, why should we vote for you? Besides all of the... Uh, the uh, you know, qualifications that a candidate has. I, I always reiterate, look at the three things as attitude, their track record, and their energy. I mean, most people can be given a list of what's going on in your area and made aware of what's happening and, and where the priorities should be. This is a collective decision. But, but it's the one with the right attitude that can get consensus to move these things forward. It's the one with the right track record or proven track record that can show you you know, previous indications of what their habits were like are likely what's going to come. And the one with the energy, because they're not going to sit and watch paint dry. Mm. They're not going to sit in their chair and just 
well, you know, we'll see. We're making an inquiry into it. We'll see here back in two years. Why can't you speed this up? Use some of your energy to get some of these things done. These are the three things I think people should pay attention to and to, to, to uh, hear out in all candidates. For me, I'm not seeking a, a penny of donations from anyone because I want people to, to know how resourceful I can be, how good I am at spending my own money to prove once you put me in charge of your money, this is how I spend my own. And take a look at my track record. Look at my attitude. I've actually released my financial disclosure on my website already. Mm. Ongoingly. It's already on there. Mm. No one does this. This mm. has never happened to my knowledge. Mm. So, so if you go to my website right now, you can see my financials today. Uh, besides this, uh, also I'm trying to show my, my track record. Having three successful businesses in three fields that should not be successful should prove to people that, hey, maybe this guy understands how business works and how, how money works. And he's going to be in charge of my money. Interesting. The most important part of my campaign was the interrelations. The relationship between not just the city and the uh, provincial and federal government, but the smaller organizations, the nonprofits, and within the councillors themselves. This is the only way we'll get consensus. It's the only way we'll move the city forward. And driving a wedge between the councillors will never work to anyone's favor. Uh, infrastructure is my passion. This is the area that I want to see get done in Ward 9. The roadways, the LRT. I can't believe I'm the only pro-LRT candidate in Ward 9. Out of five candidates, I'm the only one that wants to see LRT go down towards that Heritage Valley area. The rest are looking at bus rapid transit, but LRT is there to alleviate traffic, you know, from the roadways. 100%. Bus rapid transit requires an extra lane of traffic. Yeah. And we don't have roadways yeah. to put these bus rapid tra- buses on. So well, why do you think Calgary's got such a different, uh, I mean, their public transportation is just completely different than Edmonton. Why, why is that? They were, they were forward thinking in a sense that they, they had planned for this ongoingly. Edmonton seemed to have a, a boom in the 70s mm. for LRT and then suddenly just kind of died off and now we've woken up again for a period mm. and then slept again and it's it, it wasn't ongoing to the point that it should have been. Um, funds were made available at the time that they had made their application. We have federal funding available now mm. and we do have to act quickly but I keep reiterating, please don't go under uh, through major intersections. You go under or over. I mean, mm. we just don't seem to learn that lesson. I'm a big uh, fan of the Oilers, but I also want to see the city of Edmonton kind of fall back when they're disappointed on something more than the Oilers. What can we fall back on? What do you mean? What can we fall back on instead of saying just, you know, go Oilers, go. And I, f- I feel like Edmontonians, sometimes they, we wake up and we say, we have this massive expectation of our own city and of ourselves. And sometimes... I think sometimes we kind of fall by the wayside. I think the oil industry has impacted our city and our province so much. Uh, I'm really disappointed with the diversification of the money that's came from the oil industry because I feel that if it's just like you, if you go out and be a one trick pony, I think that's going to be the first step to your demise. I think that, that is I, think, I think that to be balanced in life and balanced in business is never ever put all your eggs in one basket. And if there is a basket that's feeding you lots, start, start thinking about that ulterior motive to, like turn that one egg into two eggs. And I feel that, you know, Alberta as a whole, but Edmonton has not, like we just, we had a lot of freaking money come through here. You know, and if you go back to the 80s, that, that was boom and bust, right? It's just like the stock market. Like every five, eight years, it's going to be, there's going to be a correction, right? It's never going to stay that way. It's a cycle. It has it's, to a, be. it's a cycle. Yeah. So if you know this is constantly going, I have friends, right? Like I'm, I work in the automotive sector just to give you a basic, basic, um, basic, basic, uh, um, you know, example is they'll go and buy a truck. It's got the lift kit on, on it. 
and it's a terrible investment. So they're, you know, the dealer says, do you want to put any money down on the loan? They say no. So now you're, you bought this truck. It's like $70,000. You put now another lift kit. Yeah, or a hundred, right? And then, and then you go back two years later, you buy the new truck. You're taking all the negative equity. So it's like we have this mentality that, oh, the oil's good. Everything's great. You know, no, it's not good. Like, haven't we learned? It's a cycle. So, like, what would you say on that? So, okay. So a doctor will tell you, you know, eat, exercise moderately. Yeah. Everything in moderation is key. That includes our economy. <clears throat> Edmonton definitely has a, a, a decently diversified economy compared to other comparable cities, such as Calgary. That's mm-hmm. why we did a little better than they did in, uh, in the recession. Um, but we have tremendous room for growth. Yes. Sustainable farming, indoor farming is huge growth yeah. area that Edmonton could use. Yeah. I mentioned the logistics, cold storage and warehousing south and the oil and gas area that we have. We actually even diversify as much as we could have uh, mm. so that we have not only, for example, the refinery row in Strathcona, but we are looking at the energy park and, and moving forward there. Um, these are definite areas, but inner city tech Right? Mm, so once you've got tech, mm, you've got agriculture, you've got mm, logistics, warehousing, cold storage, mm, you've got energy sector, mm. all these things combined, you're not putting your eggs in And you in mentioned inner basket. city. And I, I mean, if we take downtown, and I know ice district's a big topic, but yeah. we have a lot of commercial real estate that's sitting empty downtown. It's very interesting that we just <laughs> built a brand new high rise for all the city employees. And, it, and then we say, oh, we yeah. have all this high vacancy rate. What do we do? It's what a you, high commercial. Could you have not seen rate. that coming? Uh, well, absolutely. Right. And I mean, again... And I, 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 I'm kind of being biased here, but I like this question because I feel that you, it's got to be impacting your life. Amazon, okay? You can get any, anything shipped to your door. You can send it back. It's, it's like streamlined. We know that we see tons of big box stores that are closing because if I can like go on my phone, order it, it comes, write a review, whatever I need to do, time is of the essence. How does the internet and how does innovation factors like Amazon, Amazon Prime, Amazon food, things like this, how, how would you kind of go into city council with that in your head saying, I think I got to start thinking about the future of it because I see how, like how my constituents are being impacted. So for instance, you're sitting in ward nine and let's just say you see all this commercial, you know, construction going on. You're like, but then you got this behemoth Amazon coming. Me and you both know Amazon wants to open up a second head office. There's a reason for that. Like they're coming. Oh, yeah. So that commercial real estate that's sitting downtown Edmonton that's empty, I don't know. How's that going to get full? <laughs> yeah, so this is, we, we are moving into a tech time, and there's no doubt about this. Um, to think otherwise, you, you'd be, you're going to be falling behind. Yeah. And I think one thing important that we need to be cognizant of is, is autonomous vehicles are coming. <laughs> autonomous vehicles are coming, and soon you're going to not, you don't need a vehicle. You pay $120, $150 a month, and you've got a car that pulls up to your door, and it picks you up and takes you wherever you need, drops you off, and you're done. You no longer need a vehicle. We need to be cognizant of the way that we expand our infrastructure and you know, uh, be able to work with this. And this is why I'm pushing, saying you go under or over major, major roadways with LRT because are we talking about what LRT operations and interruptions between, mm. between autonomous vehicle operations and, mm. and what that's going to cause and the costs of actually you know, making those changes when required? So these are the things to be cognizant of, but as far as tech going online for the mm. city and bringing that to council, we do have, uh, uh, you know... Uh, Sorry, I don't want... I, I just want to interject. Yeah. Have you seen the ePark app for downtown Edmonton? I, I, I have not seen the ePark app. Okay, when you leave here, just yeah. download the ePark app. It is garbage. Like, I don't know how much they paid for it. It is terrible. 
Like I have a 12 year old nephew that can program you guys an app. I mean, it, it, it's brutal. And I don't even want to know how much was spent on this, but I have so much frustration on my phone trying to do this e-park thing. It, you know, but I talk about tech, right? And that's where like, when I, when city, when city of Edmonton releases something, I get really excited because I'm like, Oh, okay, well that's cool. You know, they got an app out. Let me test it out. But just kind of an example of like, just, just the de detail things. But I hear what you're saying about the autonomous. Um, last question. Were you pr for Uber or against Uber? For Uber. I think uh, okay. we, we need to, uh, we need to be moving forward with uh, technology. And the more you resist technology, the further back you're, you're, you're going to fall. Um, so we need to be careful uh, how we tread with, with regards to Uber and, and what the licensing requirements are. But for us to shun out a uh, up-and-coming tech like Uber or Skip the Dishes or, or yeah. these kind of technologies, yeah. I think it's going to be uh, withholding Edmonton's growth. 100%. Payman, final words. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, I'm just, I'm just a guy in Edmonton, you know, that loves business and <laughs> loves doing little things. I appreciate you taking the time to come on. Um, I hope that if you are to be a chosen candidate, um, I'm gonna be looking on the TV because I want you to be like, yo, man, I went on the Ryan Holt Show podcast, and I gotta give this guy so much love. <laughs> and uh, you know, we, it was just a good jam. So, um, any last words other than that? We're gonna close it out. No, the only words I have for this city is. Think forward, do something good for your neighbor, be positive in your life, and uh, that's all I can ask for. Elected official, not elected official, just be a good person. Uh, that's the end of the uh, Reinhold Show special edition, Payment Parzian, Ward 9 candidate. Um, as always, please go on Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, review the podcast. Thank you so much for the comments, and thank you so much for listening. Uh, we're over and out. Payment, 321, boom. 321, boom. Boom. Thank you so much, brother. Thanks, Facebook.